Will Hardy says we shouldn't be surprised anymore. Color me surprised in so many ways, particularly Lowry Markin and turning into Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's all next on Locked on Jazz. Pow! You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked on Jazz for the 24th of February. Lowry Markinen puts together what might have been his best performance of the season, or at least as Walker Kessler says, top three. The t- numerous plays blow your mind from Markinen last night, including him turning into Giannis and splitting the defenders half a body. Huh? I'll explain that coming up. THT and Lowry try to figure out how to play together, and they do it on the fly emblematic of everything this team has done all season long. Numerous plays had to be made to win that one last night. We'll break down those and a Western watch because it's playoff time and we're looking at all of it. Coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every night. Thanks so much for making each and every, yeah, each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free. We are available on all podcasting apps and on YouTube. It is your team every day, the Lockdown Podcast Network. Jazz sit in ninth. If the season ended today, we would be playing the Golden State Warriors at home in a game to win to play the winners or losers of the 7-8 matchup. Uh, if you want to get into this, uh, being 7 or 8 is a huge, huge advantage compared to being 9 or 10. So if you really want to start monitoring this and seeing what's possible and what's not. Uh, incredible game last night. Not A little bit of a, what I call a Little Miss Sunshine game. And what I mean by that is uh, wasn't a particularly good game up until the end. Like it was not particularly well played. Uh, the offensive ratings were brutal. Um, the half court offense from both teams was, was horrific. Um, and yet by the end of the night, we had one of the more entertaining finishes of all time. That's how I feel about that movie, Little Miss Sunshine. I thought it was really bad and then really didn't enjoy it. And then had like one of the greatest endings of all time. And then you leave completely perplexed on whether or not that's actually a good game or not. I think last night or a good movie last night, I think you're going with, that was a good game because, um, it really was pretty darn exciting and remarkable at the end. Uh, just to put the game in perspective for a second, here's just kind of why I say it. Offensive ratings in the first quarter, Thunder were a 104, Jazz were a 108. League average is about, I think, actually I should check that. League average keeps climbing. Historic offensive season, as you all know. Um, according to Cleaning the Glass, the latest offensive, the average offensive rating in the NBA so this is non-blowout minutes of an NBA game, is now all the way up to 115. That's pretty stunning. Um, so 115, so we're well below it. We're at 108, 104 and 108 in the second quarter. Uh, and this is really only because teams are, Oklahoma City was getting some offensive rebounds um, and getting some other actions. In the second quarter, the Jazz offensive rating, I mean, we were anemic, as I said on the postcast offensively, was a 69. Uh, the offensive rating was a 111. We could not have been worse 
in that second quarter offensively. It was it was a it was really something else. Then everyone kind of clicks in. Third quarter, we get it back up to 121. It's almost like guys remembered how to play after a week off. And then the Thunder's offense falls apart in the fourth quarter to an 83. While the Jazz wasn't brilliant, it was a 112. And this is a reoccurring problem for the Thunders. We talked about in the broadcast. They're 27th in the NBA in clutch offense. Um, and so they've really struggled in that regard. Then in overtime, both teams actually scored at a pretty high rate just because the Jazz hit a bunch of threes. They hit three of them. Those were their only three field goals. All right, the story of the night is Lowry. Um, and his performance. And his performance is this fourth quarter offensive explosion. He's having a decent night. He's cannot hit the three right now. He was 30% for the five games coming in. He was no better tonight. And then in the fourth quarter, he plays the entire fourth quarter. He goes eight of 12 from the field. He has 18 points. He scores 16 of the Jazz 20 points at one point in time. In overtime, he's not as dominant. He just scores six points, three of three at the free throw line and a three, two rebounds. So he scores six of our 14 points. There's one play that to me is the change in everything about Lowry. So I'm going to show it. I don't do this a lot. I'm going to show it tonight. So let's go to this play right here. And this play to me is the ultimate example of how Lowry has changed as a player. And what you're going to watch here is I want you to watch when Lowry drives, and I, I might pause it along the way. He is going to do what Will Hardy has talked about that Zion Williamson and that Giannis Antetokounmpo do, which is they take a defender who's in good defensive position, and they take the, they power through a side of their body. So in other words, if you hit someone dead center, it's hard to move them. But if you hit someone just on the their shoulder or just on like two thir a third of their body, they kind of have to give because nobody's strong enough or most defenders aren't strong enough for when you're seven feet, 240 pounds like Lowry is coming at you, hitting you at full steam. And you're, if it's not hitting you dead center, it's hitting you like just a little bit, like just do it with a piece of paper, right? I got a piece of paper sitting here if you're watching on YouTube. If I hit it straight, it does that. But if I hit the side of it, it bends. That's, Lowry is making Kendrick Williams look like that piece of paper here. This is pure power. This is where his game has evolved, and they've been working with him on this, and it is so different. So we'll watch this play. So it's a THT Lowry pick and roll, which we'll talk about more because they go through it a bunch. Oh, wait, I'm not showing it to you on the screen for those of you that are now. All right, so it's a THT Lowry pick and roll with a clear side. That's kind of the key. Well constructed. Give Will Hardy some... Uh, they really ran about five different plays out of this set last night, which is pretty interesting because the two of them have run like 75 pick and rolls together all year, and they found a way to do it. It was pretty incredible. So THD rolls. Oklahoma City does not like to switch. The Jazz took advantage of this for most of the game, very well prepared by Will Hardy. Oklahoma City does not like to switch because they don't want to get Lou Dort switched off Jordan Clarkson. Earlier this year, I think they were playing Portland, and they could not get Lou Dort off Dame Lillard late in the game. So here's Horton Tucker. Pick and roll with Lowry, and Lowry flares out. Horton Tucker with some decent footwork to get the pass. Really, the play doesn't materialize to much of anything because Lowry's just isolated right side on Kendrick Williams. Floor spacing's only okay because Walker Kessler's in the bottom corner, so they just don't have great rim protectors. Otherwise, floor spacing's fine, but that big guy's going to come help. And Lowry swings through, drives, and right there, he puts his left shoulder on Kendrick Williams' left shoulder. 
So Lowry's driving with the right hand to the baseline and the left shoulder into the defender. And Kendrick Williams is sliding with him perfectly. I mean, perfectly. And Lowry just lowers the left shoulder. If you watch this, Lowry is, I mean, Kendrick Williams is guarding him perfectly, 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 perfectly. And then Lowry just takes the right foot, plants it in the ground, pushes hard into the body of Kendrick Williams, and Williams becomes that piece of paper. And now, suddenly, Lowry has to drive to the basket. Now, from this moment, the balance, the strength, and the power that Lowry Markkinen shows is astronomical. He takes the one dribble. He's got now Jalen Williams comes over, which is a 40% chance of happening if anyone's on the floor. Okay, that's a joke if you got it. And Lowry rises up and packs it with two hands. Okay, that's ridiculous. That is Giannis. Like, I don't know that there's another player, Anthony Davis, I think, can do that. Like, the amount of players that can make this play, we'll watch it now in full speed, the amount of players that can make this play is, is almost, like, it's got to be Anthony Davis, Giannis Adekumbo, and Lowry Markkinen. Like, it's completely bonkers. But, and that's, to me, yeah, I'm surprised, Will Hardy. Because Lowry Markkinen last night dropped 43 points, 10 rebounds in his first ever 40-10 double-double. And he was, by the end of it, he's Giannis. That's a Giannis play. The fly-in tip-in follows a Giannis play. The threes, Giannis probably not. That's just Kevin Durant. It's crazy what we're watching at a Lowry Markkinen right now. Absolutely crazy. Frankly, he also did a hell of a job defending Shea Gilgis Alexander on a bunch of the... Uh, plays where he had to, where he got switched, and the Jazz helped really well. Remarkable performance from Lowry. Truly remarkable performance from Lowry. I want to talk about the Lowry, Taylor Horton Tucker pick and roll, um, and and kind of these guys developing this on the fly, which is somewhat symbolic of of all the things this team has done all year long. Today's broadcast is brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai. I got to see Blake last night. He came to a game. Congratulations, Blake, for coming to a game. I was like, overtime, I'm like, dude, fun. You should do this more often. I know you work crazy hard. You run dealerships and you're super busy. You should come to these games more often. Murdoch Hyundai is located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Murdochs have been in Utah for over 80 years. They bring you the best customer service. That's why they call it the No Regrets Experience. They want to make sure that you have everything you could possibly have. To feel, and so you have the best experience you can, and make sure that you also get the best deal. And the Hyundai car has got all the bells, all the whistles that you could ever imagine. If you're going to go over and look at a Hyundai, if you're going to look at a car, I suggest you look at a Hyundai. Do it with Cam over at in the 4646 South State Street or Jake down in Linden. Let me set those meetings up for you. Make sure you get the VIP treatment. It is our good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai. Located at 4646 South State Street. The Murdoch's over 80 years in Utah. Hyundai, the best bang for your buck. It's all there for you. Uh, it is Murdoch Hyundai. Please email me first so we can give you the VIP meeting that you deserve from Murdoch Hyundai. This episode is also brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is uh, to get online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Get on your way to being your best self. So better, this better help, uh, you know, it's hard. Like this, 
is is there for you in a world where like being at your best um, so you can do great things is is frankly it feels like the game's stacked against you a lot of times. Sometimes life gets you bogged down, may feel overwhelmed, not to be like totally depressing about it, but it does. It's just like, I mean, I feel like I got everything going in my life and I'm like, damn, this is hard sometimes. So if it's hard for me, like I cannot imagine, um, you know, like, and I'm like so lucky, but I don't think that's how it always works, right? The, the luckiest are often having some of the issues. So that's why working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of yourself. You want to feel empowered. You want to feel more prepared to take on everything that life throws at you. Um, if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp's a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, switch therapists at any point, which is kind of great if you don't feel like you've connected. Because uh, in the real world, if you have to switch, boy, it sets you back for a long time. It's hard to get people. If you want to uh, live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today, and we'll get you 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps as well as on YouTube. Please give us a five-star review if you think the show's really good or just okay. And please give us, um, drop some comments in the comments section and, and interact with everybody on YouTube. Fun to be a part of the community and part of the, this group, the Locked on group. All right, I... This is kind of symbolic to me of like where we are. So Taylor Horton Tucker is now playing point guard for us with Colin Sexton out. And he's not ever done this before. Like he, if you kind of look at his basketball reference page, when he's in Los Angeles for the Lakers for the last few years, he's playing to learn how to play off of LeBron and AD. So Taylor Horton Tucker is playing, according to basketball reference, he is playing zero 1% of his minutes in the last three years as a point guard. 1%, that was over one year, so it's really like 0.3%. He's spending basically most of his time as a 3 and D uh, guard. If you look back at last year's Los Angeles Lakers and try to figure out if Taylor Horton Tucker, which I did, ever ran like pick and rolls on for that team last in all of his years in LA. Like this is what stupid things I go research before a game because why we have Taylor Horton Tucker coming to play for the Jazz as their point guard, Taylor Horton Tucker, in three years with the Los Angeles Lakers, actually did run like a thousand pick and rolls, which is fairly much. He ran them with Montrez Harrell most of the time. He ran a few with Anthony Davis and a few with LeBron, where his job is basically to get the switch and then flare it back after those guys. Um, he also ran them with Carmelo and Marcus Gasol and Dwight Howard. I thought that was really humorous. So he actually has run. Like, it was an interesting little thing. He's run a thousand pick and rolls in three years the majority of which were with Montrezl Harrell were only okay. And then with LeBron and AD, I'm sure that's just trying to create a switch to get the best defender back on him. So, get, like, I thought that was it. He now is using all of these little skills that he's developed. I promise you that's the first time he's finished a game as a point guard, um, probably in his career, unless you're going to find some time when everybody was hurt late in the game when he had his 40 against the Warriors. Um, but probably not in the you know most important setting. This is these are important games and he makes the plays. So if you go into last night and look at it, Taylor Horton Tucker has run 450 pick and rolls this year for the Jazz. He's played a lot of point guard. Uh, he's run 75 of those with Lowry Markkinen to limited or almost no success. 0.88 points per pick and roll. And the Jazz last night go to a sequence of plays that was pretty great. It's a double pick and roll where Lowry is off usually the second guy through. So open clear side, Walker comes up, Lowry comes up as the next guy, 
And then Taylor Horton Tucker comes off that pick and tries to find Lowry in the pocket if they if they switch it. Oklahoma City stopped switching, which caused the Jazz a little bit of confusion. They were trying to find these kind of little quick hits in the middle off a switch, and then Oklahoma City stopped switching. So the Jazz then adjusted and flared marketing. Horton Tucker reads it perfectly, marketing, and Will Hardy called a great play. And then Horton Tucker, uh, marketing buries the three. Then the play we just saw is the next sequence of that. So really interesting little sequences of Will Hardy using a pick and roll in about three different fashions, same sequence, same setup, or similar at least. Walker didn't come for the pick on the last one, where it's just to clear out to get marketing the ball on the right side, cleared out against Kendrick Williams. Um, but you do see them playing this and Taylor having to make all sorts of different reads off it and all sorts of understandings. And, you know, frankly, they did it really well. Um, and I thought what's cool to see is the Jazz kind of rely on it, and then I thought it was cool to see them adjust on it. Um, the flare-out three by uh, Lowry Markin in, in that fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter, not in the overtime, is one of those plays. Like, that's... And it's a big one. It's a massive play um, in the game for the Jazz in that. And, you know, it's just a read, right? It's that they're coming through the this play. Horton Tucker, Kessler's the first guy through. And what they did on this one, it's not really a read because this one is a set play change, is that Kessler's the second, or Markinen's the second guy through, and Kessler circles back and picks Kendrick Williams. This is when the Jazz suddenly recognize that Oklahoma City's no longer switching they alter their offense late in the game and make a bunch of plays. One of them is the three here. The other is the Kelly Olenek uh, comes off a pick for a three in overtime. And the other is Jordan Clarkson in a three in overtime where they're not switching. They're getting caught under picks. And the Jazz were able to react really well to it and frankly give Will Hardy a lot of credit here because this is just, you know, the Jazz basically executing their offense um, correctly. Heck, I've shown one play tonight. Today we might as well show another. Um, um, cause this was, this is a pretty interesting, um, little sequence right here. So let's see if I can get that to come back up. I wasn't planning on it, but I bet you I get it to come back up right about now. Here it is. So here's the same play that we had a moment ago. They've been running the, or similar play. They've been running this with Kessler and marketing. And the, the play has been marketing, just flashing to the middle off of a switch. And it's actually, if you watch Kendrick Williams here, it's almost as though he presumes they're switching. And then he reacts late. If he's got his hand out right. He's talking to Gilgis Alexander. And then all of a sudden, Markinen sprints off it and Kessler sets the pick. There's no sign from Jalen Williams, the center of Oklahoma City, that he's supposed to be switching. So this is not a switch. I think Kendrick Williams just got caught. Walker now is in enough shape to not get hit for another the 8,000th moving pick of the night. And Markinen's release is so quick that he's able to bury this three. And that was you know another adjustment the Jazz made in last night's game. Jordan Clarkson's three, Kelly Olenek's three are basically on the same thing where Oklahoma City, a team that that usually is a heavy switch team late in games because they don't really have a center and so they're willing to play kind of a, a, a much more switchy game on pick and roll stuff. They flip out of it, Mark Dagnall and Will Hardy and his crew make the adjustment super fast to it. Um, there were just a ton of plays made last night too. Ochai Abaji, offensive rebound on the three-play sequence where the Jazz were able to um, get the third chance. Taylor Horton Tucker building the wall on Shea Gilgis-Alexander's drive to the basket for a steal. Taylor Horton Tucker 
um, on, on the inverted the Lowry market in Taylor Horton Tucker pick and roll. And Horton Tucker sets a really nice pick to clear Lowry on that. Um, just talk about back to Will Hardy with a bunch of different things. Like, okay, if you're not going to switch, then we're actually going to have we're actually going to have Markinen run the pick and roll um, to just throw a little bit more confusion um, in there. So you just saw all sorts of different um, aspects of this. By the way, coming in the Thunder generally switch at a pretty high level. I think they switch, they may be one of the heaviest switch teams in the league. They switch at about 27, 28% other pick and rolls defensively, which is high. And they're really good against that uh, as a switching defense. So a little surprising that they didn't do it, but it's, they sometimes won't switch late. And Will's really good about knowing what people are going to do late in games because they don't want to get Lou Dort switched off. Um, So just a bunch of smart plays. I mean, I think the signature that Will Hardy's talking about is this unrelenting fight that keeps the Jazz in these games that do stun me that they're able to win them. Um, and I was stunned last night. Like, I don't know how we won that game last night. Um, it's a great tribute to the Jazz. They frankly are playing a lot of minutes right now that guys that don't that don't fit into my 240 right now. Um, you know, I mean, Damian Jones, 13 minutes center. Chris Dunn, who just signed a 10-day contract, 17 minutes. Juan Toscana Anderson, 15 minutes. Simone Ifontecchio at 14 minutes. Like, I, I, I'm not trying to be like critical of these guys. I, I love their effort, their fight, their desire. I had a super time talking to Juan Toscano Anderson, but that's 60 minutes last night of guys that have not been rotation players all season long on teams. Like that's a lot. 60 minutes last night for Will Hardy's crew with guys that Damian Jones was not a rotation player before he came to Utah. Chris Dunn was not a rotation player before he came to Utah. Juan Toscana Anderson was not a rotation player before he came to Utah. Simone Fontecchio has not been a rotation player for Utah. Okay? So, like, I'm not being critical of these guys. I'm just talking about where they came from and what they've been doing. And maybe someone missed on them. We'll find out if Chris Dunn, you know, can can evolve into a, a shooter. I mean, everyone's loved his skill other than the fact he's a 30%, 29% three-point shooter. Juan Toscana Anderson, everyone loves his fight. Other than the fact he's not a particularly... Good shooter, Damian Jones, has just never clicked in and held a spot. We'll see if he can do it right here. It'd be great. Um, but that's a lot of minutes for us to be playing that are what I would call non-240 minutes, established rotation players in the NBA. And to be able to pull off a win against a really good Thunder team is pretty awesome uh, last night. All right, we're going to do a West Watch because it's playoff time and there were a bunch of games last night with massive importance uh, and massive play in perform- or playoff performance. Um, well, and a team that I think... No one's talking about that. We probably should be keeping an eye on right now. That has could it could be you know maybe even fall out of the playoff race a little bit here, um, and it's worth trying to figure out what's going on with them uh, as we continue here on Locked On Jazz. We'll look at that um, as we as we continue to roll through. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Intercap Lending. Intercap is Steve Carter, and they are. Um, he's really just the best. Like, it's that simple. I just love Steve Carter because it's the best customer service that we can ever give you. And as a host who's telling you about our sponsors, and as you've noticed, we, we don't change our sponsors a lot, a lot of lockdown. We kind of get our partners. We like them. Uh, we build the relationships with them and they build the relationships with you. And it's really important. And Intercap is one of those that's really important to me because Steve Carter is just such an incredible experience every time I send somebody direction. So Intercap is a lending company that is hyper-responsive. They evo- they have found a way to evolve, and they're doing wonderful things for you. Um, right now, they have the free fight going on, which is if you get a loan right now, you have a chance to refi for free um, all the way uh, up until March of 
two years from now. So that is the way, uh, what this creates for you, uh, is the kind of the freedom of like, okay, we really need to get a house. Interest rates are kind of funky. They're actually back down to kind of decent levels right now, but they could get better. Well, free fi is there for you until March of 2025. The refinance is valid. So it gives you over two years to refi with them. Steve Carter's available at 385-885-28 and LS number 1178-666. And uh, you can join, uh, reach him or you can email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com and we'll set you up with your VIP meeting. Today's show is also brought to you by our electric player of the game. There's no question who that is. The All brought to you by the new all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. I'd love to try to pretend it has something to do with somebody else, but no way. Brilliantly fierce. Fiercely elegant. Stunningly powerful. Elegantly powerful. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to say about Lowry Market and last night, they were all there. Pure, unadulterated power. Brilliantly forceful elegantly dynamic in how he can move that body. It's similar to the 2023 Nissan Aria packs your pins you to the, your seat power, premium intelligence, all in one EV, the all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV is for people who love to drive shop now at NissanUSA.com. If you're going to be a draft Nick this year, NBA big boards, your spot to go get it. NBA big board is our NBA draft daily NBA draft podcast. All things going on there. Uh, note for you, keep an eye on my Twitter today. Uh, Stanford and Utah play women's basketball Saturday, midday. I think, um, I and I plan to, if this works, uh, buy about 100 tickets or more to the game and give them away. Um, I think I, I'm a big believer in what the University of Utah women's team is doing, what Lynn Roberts is doing over there. It's fun to watch. It's a great game. I, I'm a big proponent of women's sports. Um Utah's eighth in the country, Stanford's third. It's the first time probably in the history of the state we've ever had two top 10 women's teams ever playing. We should have a crowd. So I'm going to go buy about 100 tickets or so, maybe a little, uh, depends on their pricing, um, and uh, give them away on Twitter. So follow me at DLock09 on that. For those of you who stuck around for 27 minutes, that makes it worth your time. All right. Last night has some important games, and the namely most important one is the Lakers. So we talked about it yesterday. The Lakers have this stretch where they've got to, win games and they got D'Angelo Russell got hurt nine minutes in, but they got a blowout performance against the Warriors last night. LeBron only played 26. He was five of 20. Anthony Davis only played 26. He was three of five, but the new Lakers showed like Hashimura came off the bench for 25 minutes, gave him 14 points. Mo Baba came off the bench for 23 minutes, gave them a double, double Dennis Schroeder came off the bench for 27 minutes, probably like he should, instead of being a starter, Gave them 13. They got, they're they getting close to 240 minutes now, which they did not have before. Vando started, had nine rebounds in 18 minutes. Beasley hit seven threes last night for 25 points to lead them. That's a big win for the Lakers. We talked about this on yesterday's program. They have a really interesting stretch right now where they could define their season. It's probably as important to the Jazz as anyone because two of our last four games are against the Lakers. Um, and the Lakers, you know, have not, they, they lost eight in a row. They've now won, uh, Wait a sec, that's not the Lakers. That was last year's season, sorry. Um, uh, the Lakers have stretched, just to remind you if you didn't hear it, um, the Lakers have now won three of their last four. Two of them are against the Warriors without Steph. Um, they've, you know, the other way to look at it is they've still lost four of their last six, so it's not entirely clear who they are. They're in Dallas on Sunday. They're in Memphis on Tuesday. They're in Oklahoma City on Wednesday. These next three determine a lot. They then come home... You know, if they go 0-3 on that, then they come home shattered. 
and they go, then they're home against Minnesota, home against Golden State, maybe Steph's back by then, probably not. Uh, home against Memphis, home against Toronto, home against the Knicks. If they get through this road trip two and one, then come home for five straight, then the Knicks, then suddenly the Lakers are rolling and the Lakers are a playoff team. The other one to watch is the Pelicans. So the Pelicans lost last night to Toronto. That is their 13th loss in their last 16 games. Some of this is injuries, but like Brandon Ingram is back. CJ McCollum is back. Like you're now relying on Zion to come back. I I don't know when you're seeing Zion. This team is actually, this is kind of, I think who they are at this point. Like their inactives were Dyson Daniels, EJ Lindell, De'Aaron Seaborn and Zion. Like, I, I think this is their team now. And they they could fall out of this thing rather than us, which would be stunning. But since Brandon Ingram's come back, when he's played, they're not winning. They're 3-7 and seven in the 10 games that he's played since he's come back. And it's not like he's playing that badly. He's not very efficient. But they're three and seven. When he hasn't played, they lost by 25. He's shooting 46% and 37% for three. Like, hard to criticize Brandon Ingram. So it's not as like, well, Brandon's not right yet, and they're going to get going. Like, he's playing well. New Orleans is just losing a lot. And it's worth keeping an eye on. When you look at the NBA standings right now, and we look at games that matter, New Orleans falling out is, a, I think, is something that we got to think about and wonder from a jazz standpoint, what that might be. Portland, Sacramento last night. Portland had this weird travel, and then Dame Lillard and Jeremy Grant didn't play last night. Um, so they burst out to a good start, but then fell. So Portland now falls to 12th. They're a game behind the Jazz. Sacramento gets the win, but Sacramento's so far ahead of the Jazz, I don't think it matters. I mean, Dallas wins last night. We're two games behind the sixth spot, I guess, if you want to set your sights high. I... I, I frankly am looking at our sights as, you know, if we can go 13 and 9 to close in our final 22, we're, we're going to make it. If we're going to go 12 and 10, I think we're going to make it. I, I think those are really hard tasks. I mean, we just talked about playing 60 minutes each night without, of non-NBA minutes. Like, I think this is super hard um, for the Jazz to achieve, and we'll see whether or not they can do it. Um, because that's a lot of non-NBA minutes to be playing against teams this time of season, and it'd be awesome if they can pull it off, but I think that's going to be tough. So that's, you know, the big headlines last night that I think are of importance from the Jazz standpoint. Dallas gets that win only because if, da- you know, they hadn't got a Kyrie uh, Luka win yet. We'll watch what happens with Minnesota. Uh, I think they're playing really well. I think they'll be fine. The Pelicans are worth keeping an eye on. Sliding. Golden State, big loss last night to the Lakers, but the Lakers are charging. The Lakers at 13th are a game and a half back of the Jazz, and I think they're charging. They're playing 240 minutes. They look much better. Um, we've got 13 teams battling for 10 spots. We really have, if you kind of, if you buy, I kind of think Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, Clippers, Phoenix, and Dallas have separated themselves. We'll see, but it feels like those are the better teams. Minnesota to me is kind of the next notch all by themselves. And then I see the Pelicans, the Jazz, the Warriors, the Thunder, the Blazers, and the Lakers, six teams battling for three spots. Um, I, I, I'd be really stunned if the Timberwolves fell apart here and, and started sliding out of this group. Uh, they just look a lot better when I've seen them recently. All right, I got a lot of late game watching to do. It's a Saturday. You never know. You might get an extra show. I doubt it, but you never know because it's just so fun right now uh, to be a part of this. Thanks so much for joining Locked On. It's your team every day.